Pokémon. It's cute. Yes. I'm going to wear really slutty lingerie with it. And then, yes. um, like, thigh-high boots. And I'm, I just need to get a hat. Well, I already have a top hat, so I think I was going to use that. But I also might use my leather daddy hat because that's a little different and kind of fun. Ooh. So we'll see which hat I decide. But, yeah, and then I, I have two costumes for Halloween. And then my second costume is Maddie from Euphoria. I think I might start out the day in that costume or vice versa because that might be more. I don't know. I, it it yeah. totally can depend on my mood for that day. Yeah, I don't like I, – I bought a mask, so I just don't know – if we like go out and get something, maybe I'll wear it. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Just because you said that, it'll freak people the fuck we out. We should just the two of us. No one else is invited to this unless they have a plague doctor mask. We should just go to yes. a grocery store, like re- like go to Whole and Foods, buy... <laughs> like one of those yeah. grocery stores, and just buy something like really fucking weird. Oh fuck! <laughs> We're yeah. doing that now. That's that's our Halloween activity. We should just get rope and duct tape, yeah. and then like tampons yes oh my god <laughs> lube everyone's like what's happening adult and diapers <laughs> adult diapers and lube we're like do you have any bullets they're like this is a fucking whole foods <laughs> they're like we're like where's your how do you have fake blood in your halloween section <laughs> they're like sir this is the burger king <laughs> that's so funny i'm excited i'm super excited i like i just could talk about this for the next hour even though we already just did we literally talked about this for an hour okay let's get yeah. fucking started <laughs> okay yeah let's start hi everybody Hello. and happy halloween happy halloween almost it'll be halloween in a week when you hear this, this. comes out tomorrow this comes out tomorrow the 23rd yes so fuck yeah so yeah one week before halloween like a, a week and a day hope you're all just wet with fucking you dread. should already be celebrating halloween yeah and if you're not you're fucking slut <laughs> you're stupid bitch welcome to your <laughs> favorite your favorite podcast we are anyways has your sex life we're your slutty hosts. Oh, sorry. We're your spooky hosts. I'm Channa. Spooky hosts. And I'm Corey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, cunts. Episode 83 or three. 4. I think it's 3. This is 3. Yes. This is 3. That's good. Welcome to episode 83. Welcome. Welcome. Um, the only announcement is you have one more week to watch the movie of the one month, which is the new Halloween movie. So go watch yeah. it. And I don't think we have any well, other Well, sorry, sorry. Not the new one that was supposed to come out on October 15th. <laughs> uh, the, the, the 2018 one. Oh, yeah. But that's like the newest yeah. Halloween that people can watch. True. Very true. Very true. Um, so go watch it. And then we'll, we'll discuss next week. And uh, yeah, the other... Actually, we do have one other announcement. We have a task for you guys. Go celebrate motherfucking Halloween this week. Whether that's carving pumpkins or buying a slutty yes. costume or like eating yes. Halloween themed snacks or watching a horror movie, do it and have fun and happy Halloween. That's the yeah, podcast. Exactly. Goodbye, everybody. I'm just kidding. My actually my faggot fact that for the next episode, not this episode, but the next one is um, is about fun ways to celebrate Halloween. Should that be the one that I do this time? I probably should. 
Okay, it's a lot. It's a, okay. It, it, okay, I'll do. I'll switch them. The next one I will be talking a lot then because it's it's a really good one. But but it'll tie in better with my theme for the next episode anyway. So okay. I'll switch them. So yeah, I'll switch them. So uh, edit. Yeah. <laughs> edit. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, edit. Uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You get what you get. <laughs> Fuck y'all. You can see the behind the scenes. Yeah. Ooh, guys, the raw uncut, thick. <laughs> the raw uncut, thick. Soaking wet throbbing member of a podcast <laughs> yeah man i'm Aww. turned on i just got i just got a chub yeah i just got a full-blown eight inch clip boner <laughs> so you know. i actually was i actually read some more of that michael myers shit oh happy halloween because remember that was we figured yes. out that it was part one of five yes so i started reading part two and it's just so fucking hilarious. and to revisit <laughs> probably the top 10 be- it's, pro- it's definitely in the top 10 best moments of my entire life is oh at God, work yeah. when Corey was reading the Michael Myers fan- sex fan fiction and he had his Halloween playlist going in the background in the second it- so you started talking about sex the tempo changed <laughs> it was so good it was like it was the why did I have why did I have that going I don't know it was just like, a gift I'm Mormon again because it was so good like God has right? to be real like yeah I was like God is real yeah I'm like <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. It was definitely one of the best moments of my entire life. So on that note, oh, oh yeah. Um let's get started. So I'm doing my spooky scoop first because it's my episode today. Yes. Um and yes. for you guys for the spooky scoop, we're gonna do something super fun. Um, Corey, you've already heard this because this is the episode that we had to re record. So sorry you have to hear this again. But it's okay. this spooky scoop is brought to you by our good friend Tyler, our best friend Tyler, our number one fan. Hey Tyler. Hey Tyler. You know Tyler with the big dick. You know Tyler. We love Tyler. So this spooky scoop. <laughs> we haven't said that for a while. I know. <laughs> it's because he got really uh, mad Sorry, that we kept on saying it. But you know it's back. We gotta bring back the old jokes sometime. Anyways, so today's spooky scoop. Just right now, I could hear Tyler going, "Ugh," while he listens to this. Eyes are being rolled. <laughs> I actually, sorry, before we continue, I like when I was reading that part two. I was like, if I ever become a billionaire, like I am making a porno of this. Like I am producing, uh, not starring in, but I am writing, directing, and producing like that five part Michael Myers that five fan part fiction. series. Of- that that yeah that gay michael myers fan fiction yes oh my god it was fucking hot so if y'all want to like give me a billion dollars so i can make that please go to our gofundme and (laughs) gofundme slash uh michael myers gay movie.com gay porn gay porn yeah and uh yeah subscribe to our only fans we should make like a michael myers only fans where it's just like sexy photos of michael myers what if we made it and then put it on vimeo like and just charge everybody a dollar to see it. Ew. Like we would make so much money. We would no. make so much money. Now it's time. We just you know what? No one steal that fucking idea. It's our idea. Because like, <laughs> like if somebody was like, oh, there's a lesbian Michael Myers porn on Vimeo right now, I would pay a dollar to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like one hundred percent. Like I feel like even like a straight dude would still pay a dollar to watch a like hilarious gay like you know like semi semi quality. Yeah, yeah, like it's not, it, it'll be like semi high porn quality. Yeah. 
like so it'll actually like semi maybe have a story to a point and stuff like that but like yeah like i would like even like i feel like if i was a straight man i'd watch that but i can't say that because like there there's throbbing cocks in it of course i want to watch that yeah yeah you're like if i was straight i would still want watch gay porn or <laughs> like okay but cool. yeah but <laughs> you're like but yeah like I'm if so it was straight. lesbian like if it was a lesbian michael myers porn where like you know some girl squirting all over the place with a michael myers mask on and some like semi good plot i'd be like i want to watch that <laughs> see the only shot that i really need to see for either the gay or lesbian michael myers uh gay porn like porno movie is i need to see a shot of like the jack-o'-lantern with just cum getting squirted on the jack-o'-lantern yes. just like aggressive oh cum shot be like <laughs> all over the jack-o'-lantern and that right there is a fucking Halloween Michael Myers gay porno. Well, yes. well, on that note, let's talk about Scream. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, or I mean, Cream. I'm just kidding. So, I'm going to go through the zodiac signs, and this is your zodiac sign as a character from Scream. Yes. Sorry, I got to drink my rum water. I really need to get mixers. This is like my third podcast in a row where I'm like, I'm only drinking rum with water. <laughs> so Yuck. I need to get some mixers. But if I get mixers, that just gives me permission to drink a lot more. And I'm really trying to cut back because it's I drink too much. Okay, let's get started. First, we're going to go with Aries. Ooh, Aries, yes, you are Sydney Prescott, you badass yeah, bitch. bitches. So you are the main character and we are all just supporting roles. You can channel yep. your anger to help yourself survive. A lot of people want you dead. Um, if you talk shit to an Aries, they will hit you, and they are harder to kill than Michael Myers. <laughs> Ooh, fuck yeah. You're the fucking final girl, you badass bitch. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just because of when I was born. It's all true. Next is Taurus. You are Steve Orth. Steve is, uh, you know, homeboy at the very beginning of the movie. So you would not survive seven minutes into a horror movie. You definitely peaked in high school. You just want to eat some popcorn <laughs> and watch a movie with your significant other. And you're probably Aww. a super cool person, but uh, you get gutted almost immediately. Your, your, your entrails are your extrails. So. so sorry, sorry, Taurus. You're Steve. Next is Gemini. You are Ghostface. So you won't Ooh. show... So they won't show you who they really are until they want you to know. You're petty as fuck. Um, there might be two people behind the mask, maybe three, five. Who the hell knows? And you love trivia night. <laughs> so you're a two-faced <laughs> are, are bitch. Are Geminis usually petty? I guess they're petty and two-faced and love trivia. I don't really know much about like zodiac signs. Oh, yeah. Except for me. Next is Cancer, I which is me. Yes. I'm Kenny Jones, which is hilarious because my last name is Jones. So hi, Kenny. Cute. You're my cousin. Cancers. The cameraman. Me. Yeah, he's the cameraman. We love snacks. We take really great pics of our friends on Instagram. That's not true. I take terrible pictures. Not true. Um, yeah. I get yelled at a lot. That's true. I'm just kidding. By Simone. By Simone. Yeah, it's 100% Simone. Simone's like, you fucking bitch. Speaking of, I just took them to the vet today. So yeah, Simone Aww. yelled at me. Pretty significantly today. She was not happy with me. Um, this next one is, seriously, dude, are you still eating? Yes, we love our snacks. And the last one is, you're just here to get killed, honestly. Aww. Damn it. So basically, I love snacks. And I you're just yell here that. to die, Channa. I'm just here to die. Next is Leo, and you are Tatum Riley. And the picture that they chose is the really iconic picture of her with her nipples. You know, like every yes. horror movie. Leo, ever. you're a fashion icon, you bad bitch. You will support your friends no matter what. 
You're very sarcastic and feisty. Feisty. You cannot keep your mouth closed and that'll end up being the death of you. And you're super hot and you're also really, really smart. So yay, Leo. Next is Virgo. You're Randy Meeks, the the dude that loves video that loves horror movies. You know a lot of really random facts about movies. You could definitely solve a murder. You miss going to a blockbuster. You're a horror movie fanatic <laughs> and you're a little paranoid about everything. Next is That's that's me. Yeah, I would say Corey, yeah, you're you're more of a Virgo right now. Also yeah. an Aries. You're a an Ergo. Yeah. Next is a Libra. Um, you are Stu, <laughs> a.k.a. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, a.k.a. a dude from Twin Peaks in season three. Anyways, so Libras, yeah, he is. you are always screaming. You are down to go on a killing spree with your BFF. Um, you fall in love with everybody. Um, your parents are disappointed in them. <laughs> your parents are disappointed in you. Sorry, Libras. Um, and you deserve to get Sorry. hit with a phone. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, Libras. <laughs> My mom and dad are going to be so mad at are me. Are we so mad at me? <laughs> Next is Scorpio. You're motherfucking Billy Loomis. You are an evil mastermind. You are fueled Fuck. solely by revenge. You can easily trick everyone to thinking you're innocent. You want to hate them, but you're too damn sexy. Um, you, you're, most, you're most likely to dramatically fake your own death. Um, and you are the knockoff version of Johnny Depp. Congratulations, yes, Scorpio. You are. <laughs> you are 100% that person. Yeah. Like they wanted to cast Johnny Depp, but they got you instead because Johnny Depp was yep. busy. Nexus Sagittarius, you are homegirl Gail Weathers. You're really, really oh, good hey. at your job. You have some questionable hairstyles. You know exactly what you want and how to get it. And you always find yourselves in the center of, of drama. And then the bottom one is honestly, you're the best character. Is Next, she though? <laughs> I love Gail Weathers. But oh, I love her, but I like Sydney Prescott and the film dude. That's true. I love the film dude so much. Like I would just yeah. I would just want to hold him and protect him forever. He like his character makes the movie from good to great. Yeah. Without his character, it would be like a pretty flat movie. Yeah, but his the, character. He 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 brings up like ninety percent of the meta ness of Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a required character. He is the main character. Oh my god, is he a final girl? Is he the he final is, girl? <gasps> he's metally. He is metally the the main character. Oh my god, he is the final girl. Fuck Sydney Prescott. He it's I mean, Randy well, Meeks. Spoilers: He dies in <laughs> Scream Two. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the final girl for Scream One, though. So there we go. Next is, Cap- Next is Capricorn. You're Dewey. We know him. We love him. You definitely Aww. deserve a promotion. You're kind of an idiot, but super adorable and lovable. You're brave, but clumsy. You're very protective over the people you love, and your parents treat you like you're four years old. Next Aww. is Aquarius. You are Fred, the janitor. <laughs> the the best time to what wear a striped sweater, sweater is all, is the, all time. the time. That's the first bullet point. Oh, my God. I remember now that we did that and we sang that, but I was so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we sang it for a long time. We sang, like, Y'all, multiple verses. I was, like, I was, like, gone. <laughs> and I was not. I was, I was dead sober. I was. I was. <laughs> fucking slurring yeah no i was like 200 percent sober it was so fun <laughs> it actually was really fun though um anyways because my segment's really nuts and so Corey was like 
fuck <laughs> the whole no. time. That was like the only way you could respond. It was no, awesome. right? Like the, because I got like two or the three or out of four parts to the two out of three parts. The one, the last part is just like <laughs> silence from me. But every two minutes, I'm just like, shit. <laughs> it was amazing. It's hilarious. So yeah, you were so gone. It's like today's episode is the first time you're hearing it, Corey. So yay. Anyways, um, you might be right. Continuing with Aquarius. So after we sang the SpongeBob song, you hate authority. You also hate your job. You definitely dress like a serial killer. And wait, is that Wes Craven? Is that Wes Craven? <laughs> Next is Pisces. You are my motherfucking homegirl who I love more than life itself. Drew Barrymore, a.k.a. Yes. Casey Becker. You love yes. horror movies. You're kind of bad at, cr- at trivia. You're quick to cry. You, you don't always make the best decisions. You definitely die early, but it is an iconic death scene, and you love Halloween. Oh, my God. I think I'm a Pisces. I don't think I, I no longer believe I'm well, a Cancer. So from the things – no, from the things that I, like, pick up hearing from Cancer is I feel like she that should be the switch. I feel like Drew Barrymore should be the Cancer. Just from, like, things that I – of, like, Cancers being really emotional. That's true. And stuff. Like, I really, like – that's what oh, I don't that, that doesn't necessarily mean that oh bad. I'm just kidding I but yeah but I, I always thought like I, like especially when you're saying it now I'm like I feel like and Pisces are always supposed to be like the old souls yeah and stuff like that and so it just like makes more sense that that's flipped around or I don't even care if, if they're the the cameraman I just yeah. feel like it should be the Pisces should be or Drew Barrymore Should is more, more of a be cancer yeah, or me- than be anything cancer. else, or an Aries, or something like that. Yeah, like, you're like, or me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, we all want to be Drew Barrymore. You like but... look in the fucking mirror. You have like a really creepy Drew Barrymore mask on right now. <laughs> you're like, I just have this like blonde bob cut. Yeah, <laughs> you're I'm like, like whatever. That's cool. Yeah, you're like you know whatever. She would be I a, that would be a alone. fun Halloween costume. Next year, I'm going to be oh Casey Becker. Fucking god, we should all be characters. Of scream next year. Oh my god! Uh, why have we, we? Why did we not do this? I why know. are we not this right now? Why did I just spend forty dollars on a plague mask? I know. I just spent like a solid thirty dollars <laughs> on a plague mask. How much is a goddamn blonde bo- bob cut wig? Well, you know, it ranges from ten dollars to multiple thousands. <laughs> so it's. Up I mean, to you. I would get the. I would obviously get the ten dollar wig. But yeah. then, like, get like an old nineties phone. Oh my god! What the fuck? I know. I just we and fuck- Jiffy Pop. What the fuck? Why am I? Not fucking Drew Barrymore. Uh, okay, next year okay. We're, we're all gonna that's be characters. Why, from that's Scream. my costume next year. Everyone can suck <gasps> my dick. I know. I think all of us should be Drew Barrymore from Scream next year. <laughs> there should just <laughs> right? be like ten fucking just Casey Beckers. All of us. That's hilarious. <laughs> and we should just go to a bar and like don't like don't even act like anything's weird. <laughs> just be like what. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like what the fuck and we're like what What? i'm like what they're like there's like 10 of you i'm like no they're not we're all different costumes (laughs) we're doing one of us can be one of us can be steve and then one of us can be ghostface oh my rest or drew barry yeah then there's like just six everyone's like what happened they just all fuck up on the group text (laughs) message (laughs) i'm like Corey. i said i would be drew barrymore not all of us be drew barrymore (laughs) my god now it's planned oh, i'm so excited i don't think i've seen it in theaters i know you can't talk much because jordan might be able to hear but i can't i'm very excited but i'll talk in code same 
same right same. i i think i'm i'm trying to decide if i want to be a little high oh because i've never seen scream high but i really want to you should them because when when i'm high and i watch movies that i've already seen it like really brings out it brings out like pacing stuff and really interesting like lines that i had didn't notice before Mm. and it's like crazy interesting but i don't know because i might be because it'll be more of like a a group activity so yeah and we're not in a house so that might make it a little bit more comfortable for you (gasps) that's true that's true yeah i don't really like i only like to be like in my house when i do that don't make my mistakes learn from my mistakes Corey. (laughs) it's not fun but i mean but no if i I get drunk before if i get drunk before i can get baby high anywhere that's and true I'm fine, but i just have to be like tipsy before yeah and you'll be well past tipsy before oh, so God, yeah, yeah I, I have like everyone take a shot at this part of the movie so <laughs> yeah okay uh let's go to my fact fact yeah yeah okay so my fact fact today yes is um it's semi a continuation of last time um, I was supposed to do a long one, but as we just said at the beginning of the podcast or like 10 minutes ago, we're going to switch them because it's more appropriate. And uh, the biography that I did on James Whale will fit my actual episode next time a lot better. Ooh. Um, so cool. Uh, I guess it's a semi hint of what I might be doing. Oof. So mine today is five queer uh, centric Halloween activities that you can do. Do cocaine. Um, <laughs> safely. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> six then. I'm doing sw- six queer Halloween activities. One is do cocaine. <laughs> the first Halloween activity is a continuation of last week's, uh, which is watching queer horror films. That's oh. the first, first thing you can do. If you want to go back to queer horror films that I talked about, I talked about about, I don't know, like nine or eight last time. And I'm just going to quickly name off a few more right now. You can go watch the Hellraiser series. Uh, that's one through. There's like six or eight of them. One through th- one and two are really really good, and I would recommend everybody watch one and two. Three, I actually just finally watched for the first time a couple days ago. It's really good as well. I actually really like it, and Cute. you actually get this like hot douchey muscle 80s guy and he's completely naked uh fucking some girl and it's really hot you get to see his ass and everything yes. so if you are interested in men like go for it Duh. um i actually really liked hellraiser 3 that's like hellraiser 1 and 2 are n- known as really good horror movies and then for 3 that's the big drop off for everybody and then after but everyone's like 3's okay and then after that it gets really shitty but i thought 3 was actually really like like pretty good not really good but pretty good yeah Moving on, uh, Clive Barker, he uh, is the creator of the original story that Hellraiser is based off of, and he directed at least number one. I don't remember if he directed number two. Um, he is gay. He's a gay man. Yes. Um, oh, my God, Corey. Uh, next one. Sorry. I yes. just got really sad because I just realized something. You oh. know, if COVID didn't exist right now, you know what we would have watched like two three weeks ago <gasps> i know i thought about it too Conjuring. oh my god i just got we would have seen halloween sad. kills oh. and we would have seen the conjuring we're a fucking mask and, everybody i'm over this no we would have <laughs> no. we would have either we would have either possibly gone to california to do we Hall- would have halloween horror nights or we would have gone to salem <gasps> oh oh my god when i sent you the instagram post this week of like salem or whatever yeah. Fuck yeah. me. 
Well, God. my 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 parents my parents just left to go visit my uh my sister. So they're they're in New Hampshire right now. Next year, next year we should do just the Salem yeah. Halloween. That's we should just I know, fucking like, do I it. I know it's so it looks so fucking pretty. Yeah. God damn. Think of the Instagram pics and the memories. <laughs> Cute. Right. Just think of your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> Take acid. <laughs> walk through Salem. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Fuck. We just turn to my parents and uh, like my sister and be like. Hey, Chan and I are going to leave for like six to eight hours. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Don't look in our eyes. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. We- She's like, why are you packing apples in uh, French bread? <laughs> oh, my God. And then we're going to cook- like, Don't ask questions. You don't want answers. They're to. like, and no water. We're like, shh. Why are you bringing a pack of cigarettes too? Fuck, don't even mention water, goddammit. Yeah, you fucking bitch. <laughs> don't ever drink water when you do acid. Because you you will the... drown. Anyways, how's your sex life PSA? But the real one is drink water. But our, our wink wink one is don't drink water. <laughs> or just drink a shit ton of water before you start yeah. so that you maybe have to drink water like once. Oh, it's just such an awful feeling. Because it's the worst thing ever. Yeah literally it's like i would rather be tortured than have to drink like that's the torture like if i ever end up in like i don't know someone abducts abducts me for information that's what you need to do to give me to make me give you info (laughs) is give me acid trying to make me drink water (laughs) it becomes such a complex like (laughs) thing (laughs) it's like do i stop breathing how much do i stop breathing while i drink this water like do i keep it in my mouth or do i swallow it how do i swallow yeah do I chew? Do I not chew? <laughs> Should I sit down? Should Have I, be... I been thinking too long that I need to breathe right now before I drink again? Yeah. Is the water already in my mouth? Did I already drink water? <laughs> right? Is it like, yeah, if I breathe right now, am I going to inhale water into my lungs? I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is giving me like PTSD. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is why we should never go to war. Because if this is giving exactly. us PTSD, fuck. Uh, oh my god, we're, we're so we're so that Californian guy in Apocalypse Now who takes acid. <laughs> oh my god, goals. Okay, um, number two. Oh, so sorry, we're not even through number one. Fuck. Um, I'm gonna name these really quickly. Um, other one is Black Swan. Darren Aronofsky. You have fucking Natalie Portman. Lesbian fucking scene. Getting eaten out by yeah. Mila Kunis. Um, me. Mila Kunis. What else do you want? Yeah, what nothing. else do you want from life? Nothing. Uh, like if if you want something different from that, you're wrong. No. You're like, wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You want Mila Kunis eating out Natalie Portman. Duh. Um. Duh. Next is uh the craft. Duh. Duh. Next is Lost Boys. Duh. Duh. Uh, next one is uh, one that's sort of interesting is Velvet Buzzsaw. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. You literally get a side view of naked uh, Jake Gyllenhaal um, like, lying in all his like cum guttery chestness, um, like on the ca- on a, on a couch naked. So like, why would you not want to watch this? And it's actually sort of fun. It's not like the best horror movie ever, but it's really cool and interesting and very modern. Um, next number two is listen to spooky queer podcasts. Ooh, so I <gasps> like have ours. <laughs> like ours. So one is ours. Uh, two is uh, one called Attack of the Queer Wolf, which I've mentioned before. Yeah. Which uh, they're on hiatus right now because of you know shit I don't want to get into. And it is basically there's like fifty plus episodes of them going through horror movies over existence of horror movies. And picking out ones that have uh, like queer subtext or that are blatantly queer, and then they talk about it. It's really fun. They're a fun group of people. They're all people that live in LA, 
and work at Blumhouse. Fun. Um, next one is called Fry Gay the 13th. Hey, that shout one's out. fun. A shout out to them. Uh, we've uh, so the, these next two. One is Fry Gay, Fry Gay the 13th, and the next one is Horror Horror Queers. We have a sponsor. We not, we've just like you know, uh, what are, what did you call it? Promo what, swaps. Promo swap. So we pro, we have promo swapped with these next two uh, podcasts, Friday Thirteenth and Horror Queers. They are both um, two two guys that look at each of the podcasts is just these two gay guys that look at uh, queer movies or just look at horror and then talk about the queer subtext and all the horrors, just like like Attack of the Queer Wolf. Um, it's just two guys. Friday the Thirteenth is actually very is more like topic based and organized. Um, horror queers, they will go over a specific movie at a time, just like Attack of the Queer Wolf. But Attack of the Queer Wolf, I would say, is the best of all of these. It's just like literally you're just sitting down and like getting like slightly tipsy with these guys as they just laugh and talk about shit. Yeah. It's really fun. And I would say they're the best. They're, they're, they're the funnest. Okay. Um, next one is you can throw your own Rocky Horror Picture Show <gasps> shadow casting, which we are doing. We're doing? Oh, <laughs> my God. Which Chana is like 90% putting together. Yes. I'm exhausted, but so excited. So I've done yeah, it before. So this is fun to bring it to our my the current friend group. Because last time I did it, I was yeah. in high school. And it was soups fun. Very slutty. Yeah, very so get, get together like a group of no more than 10 or 12, I think, depending on the state that you're in. Yeah, wear um, a mask. And wear masks. Uh, we're doing it outside. Um, yeah. And we're, and we're just going to like do some shadow casting. Chana's going to MC. Yes. Um, we're going to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Um, and get drunk. Duh. Um, next one is, so these four and five are actually really interesting things that you can do that you might not know about. So number four is watch Dragula on Netflix and Shudder. So Dragula is basically the horror version of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, I've mentioned this before. It is literally contestants getting together. It, the show is exactly set up like any of those, like, you know, what what was the, like... Uh, there's America's Next Top Model, Project Runway. Yeah, like, any of that, that shit. shit. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Think, Project Runway is what I was going to say. It's like those competition uh, reality TV shows. Yeah. Um, there's, two se- there's two seasons on Netflix, and they happen to be season two and three. Season one, I don't know where it is. Uh, season two is very low production and it's a little gritty so it's a little weird but i would definitely if you're if you're on the edge i would start with season three because they get they're really intense it's not just like a horror version of rupaul's drag race it's like a gritty horror version of rupaul's drag race like it gets a little sick it gets a little fear factory like sick oh uh, like needles and shit and stuff like oh. that season three is great and because it, it's a little more polished and they had more money i like season two but that's because i like that shit yeah um so season two and three are on netflix they all have like 10 or 11 episodes they're great um this is the boulet brothers that put on dragula they are a duo of drag queens that have been around for like three decades um and they are the like quintessential horror uh drag queens they literally are like they are the cream of the crop they're the pinnacle they have a show that they just released specifically for this halloween because of you know covid and everything that's called the boulet brothers dragula resurrection Ooh, it just fine. came out on shutter which is the you know horror netflix and it's a two-hour special that you can watch it came out yesterday actually on that's the 20th so you can watch it you can also listen quick. You can listen to their podcast that they have. That's called Creatures of the Night. 
Um, oh my god! And at the same time, like if you want to get together with some other queers and like watch this, uh, you could just do some horror drag at the same time that you want, or like gender bent bend a costume. Yeah, bitch. Whatever. Yeah, bitch. Last one is uh similar. Uh, RuPaul is also coming out with a special, uh, which is called "Bring Back My Ghouls." Um, oh, fun! That's so cute. this is they're bringing back the eleven competitors from season twelve. And that is excluding Sherry Pie because she was the 12th competitor, but she, you know, fuck her. And so they're basically doing a whole like two hour special again on the 30th of October. It's supposed to come out 3 p.m. Eastern and be on a stream on World of Wonders YouTube channel Friday, oh. October 30th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Cute. It's also supposed to come out on Wow Presents Plus, which I have no idea what that is. It might be an app, like a streaming app. Another no streaming idea. service. Lord. Yeah. So you can also go on YouTube channel, uh, World of Wonders YouTube channel on Friday, October 30th at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's a really weird time. That is. But you know um, what? Go watch it. It'll be fun. But yeah, go watch it. Be fun. So those are five like things that you can do. Dra- the number, f- you know, the Dragula shit, I would to- totally look to that first. I mean, of course, like watch queer films, listen to spooky, spooky podcasts, and then throw your own Rocky Horror Show. Yeah. But, I mean, that RuPaul thing seems a little weird to get to. But the Dragula, it's on Netflix. And then if you want to, you can get Shutter free for seven days, sometimes 30 days. Um, you can get it for free if you just sign up. And you can watch the Boulay Dr- Brothers Dragula Resurrection for two hours. Yes. Go I'm done. I- I'm done with my, my spooky scoop. Good fag fact, Corey. Yes. <laughs> So let's get into my segment. Today yes. we are talking about Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, aka the Barbie and Ken Killers. Ooh, couple killers. I literally killers. do not remember this at all. Okay, well that's good. That's so good I'm for so you. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's good because I remember all. I of this. do remember <laughs> that it gets a little nasty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it. it like it gets a little mean. It's you know about a rapist raping slash murdering couple so there we only, go raping there we go it can yeah. only be so not when there's awful. like rape it just gets really nasty to me i like, know stop. and it's just so unfortunate that like 90 percent of I'm my like, just kill them i know right yeah <laughs> like, i'm like please, you fucking sick fuckers at do that not point. put dicks in orifices just kill them i know stop. yeah um so let's talk about paul bernardo so early life of paul who we hate he was born on August 27th, 1964 in Ontario, Canada to Kenneth and Marilyn Bernardo. The Bernardos were a financially well-off middle-class fancy family. Uh, their family seemed normal on the outside, but they were far from it on the inside. And uh. you know that seems to be a common trend with, with my segments. Um, Kenneth, <laughs> who, who is Paul's dad, um, he was a child molester. Um, and he oh, physically God. abused family members while Marilyn, the mom, was really depressed because she knew what her husband was doing to children and friends of the children. Um, so she constantly had affairs and was constantly drinking. Um, in 1975, Kenneth was even charged with child molestation. Um, so even though like the family was a complete disaster and Paul was definitely being molested by his dad and seeing his mom just cycle into this really horrible depression and alcoholism he seemed completely unaffected by it in fact most people remember him as in quotes always happy a young boy who smiled a lot until he turned 16 in 1981 during an argument 
Paul was told that his mother had an affair with a man and got pregnant with Paul. So Kenneth was not his biological father. This is when Paul's hatred for women started because this is when he, he realized that women, that women, according to him, that women would betray him um, and were sluts and whores and all those terrible things that he thought about women. Um, and this is also when he started to feel the need to control women. What I find wow. really interesting by this is this is the same thing that happened to Ted Bundy. Ted, one of yeah. Ted Bundy's first breaking points was when he realized that his biological father, who he thought was his biological father, was not, and that he was a bastard. This is like the first break in Bundy's like psyche. This is when he started to turn against women, and this was the oh shit! I just almost poured my entire drink on the floor. Um, this is the exact same thing that broke Paul Bernardo. Uh, at this time, Bernardo began calling his mother slut and whore, and she reciprocated by calling him bastard. Wow. Later that same year, uh, Paul's girlfriend left him for one of his best friends because she was tired of him trying to control her. Um, so Paul naturally decided to light a bunch of her shit on fire <laughs> as a way to get back at her because suddenly he just had his mom become a whore and now his girlfriend become a whore and abandoning him. And so his response is violence. This is going to be a super great guy. You could already tell. So oh, after- this poor man, it's it's not his fault. Oh my god. Yeah, look at his boys swim records. Boys. Boys, boys will be boys. boys channel. Yeah, boys. God, you're so hard on him. I know. I'm just I'm just a woman. What do I know? I know nothing. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> We're joking. We're joking. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so after Bernardo graduated high school, he was employed by the American company Amway. Um, it's basically like a Vivint style company, so they just had a lot of sales culture. And that deeply influences all of their employees, but specifically Paul, because this is when he started learning um, how to sell himself to people and how to be manipulative and learn how to sell. And then he started buying books and tapes of famous motivational speakers, and he started applying those lessons plus his sales techniques um, when him and his friends would go to bars so he could seduce women successfully now paul is important to note he was a blonde hair blue-eyed tan you know ken doll motherfucker like he was hot like his good looks and charming personality combined with his sales and his motivational speaker uh tapes this made picking up women very easily because he was able to charm them because he was a handsome guy walking up to you in the bar and, and starting a conversation just like ted bundy so one of the really interesting things about paul bernardo is that there's a lot of similarities between him and bundy which is fascinating because i've talked about a lot of killers at this point i mean 83 episodes now i've talked about so many murders so many awful terrible things and this dude to me is so similar to bundy it like freaks me out i'm like oh man this guy was 100 percent on the path to be Ted Bundy like that that was his destination was to be exactly like Ted Bundy and they had such similar events happen to them in their life it's wild to me anyways as he continued to grow up um, his dark and twisted feelings towards women started to become sexual and they were getting more and more intense now by the time he began attending the University of Toronto Paul had developed really twisted and dark sexual fantasies one of which was to build a virgin farm where he would breed virgin what? girls to rape. What? Yeah. So this dude's fucked. I don't. I do not remember that at all. 
Yeah, you were horrified. <laughs> the same reaction last time. <laughs> you made me repeat the sentence like six times because you were fucking Wait, no, shook. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this dude like it escalated to from his like mom, you know, having an affair, and he's a bastard to him having a virgin farm to breed girls to rape them. Fuck. <sighs> I know. Um, he also enjoyed forceful anal sex and degrading his dates in public. Now, again, uh, the Bundy note. I do remember you saying forceful anal sex. Bun- that's what Bundy did. Like when Bundy would rape women, like it was always, he'd always rape them anally. And so it's so interesting that this dude also exactly like Bundy, like that's the way that he would rape women and like have forceful sex with them was anal sex just like yeah just like to degrade yeah. exactly and then he would and then he took it a step further because he would degrade his his dates in public over time yeah. his relationships became shorter and shorter shorter and paul would sometimes date multiple women at the same time um in all cases no, no matter how long the relationship was or with how many people he was abusive and he always threatened to kill his girlfriends if they spoke to anybody else about the treatment that they were enduring What's his name? What's his last name? Bernardo. Ber- okay, cool. Paul Bernardo. Yeah, you should look up a picture of him so you can yeah, see yeah, how yeah. he's very like, like if he walked up to you in a bar, you'd be like, he just looks like a fucking bro, <laughs> like a vivid sales bro. Like he just. he. I don't know what, is this the 80s, right? Yeah. He literally looks like just some 80s bro. Yeah, exactly. Like if this 80s dude rolled up to you in a bar, you'd be like, okay, yeah, you look like just like every 80s like high school love interest. He looks like an 80s bro with Johnny Depp's smoky eyes, but also that he's like possessed by the de- de- the devil. Yeah, because he is the devil. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, literally he has a weird look in his eyes. Because he's fucking evil. Yeah. So in the early, but I mean, he is attractive, like especially for the '80s, he's attractive. Yeah, and that's important to know, and like that's why they eventually get the nicknames the Ben and yeah. Barbie, or sorry, the Ken and Barbie killers. And yeah. again, like I said, it's very similar to Ted Bundy because Ted Bundy was an attractive, charismatic dude, and yeah. this dude's the exact same. And they went through the same life traumas, and suddenly they're both doing the same shit. It's fucking disturbing to me. Anyways, continuing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So as I said, his relationships were getting shorter and shorter, and in every single relationship, no matter how long the relationship was, he would abuse and sexually abuse, verbally abuse, mentally abuse, and threaten his girlfriends constantly. So he was getting pretty unsatisfied with these shorter and shorter relationships because he was really just looking for a more like aggressive sex than emotional attachment. Um, so instead of going after women in bars and going after relationships he decided to turn his focus to women that were not expecting him (laughs) rape so in the early hours of sorry in the early morning of may 4th 1987 may the 4th be with you inappropriate time to say that joke um a young woman was getting off the bus and she was grabbed and brutally raped a couple blocks away from her parents home over the next like week what? alone, there would be two more rapes, again, oh from women God. getting off the bus a couple blocks away from their parents' house. In July, this rapist also attempted another rape, but the young woman got away. And then in September, that mystery rapist attempted yet again another rape, but she got away. So this rapist, at this point, he wasn't really connected as one dude. Off. He specifically targeted petite white women between the ages of 14 and 22 from 5'3 to 5'11 and 95 to 135 pounds. 
Usually, they were walking alone near his home. He would follow, stalk, and sometimes videotape them um, before he would threaten them with a knife, rape them anally, and then flee on foot. So so at this point, he was raping people, attempting multiple rapes. Um, And then in October of that year, Paul Bernardo met his match, Carla Homolka. So Carla, no. (laughs) So Carla was born on May fourth, nineteen seventy, to Dortha. Oh, I see. I now understand. This is not going the way that I thought it would. Yeah, no, it's not. It is not. (laughs) Yet again, in my mind, in my mind, Carla like had a fucking like brass knuckles and a fucking switchblade and cut his dick off and then punched him in the face. If only. That you know what? Let's just end it there, so we don't have to go into the <laughs> horrific <laughs> crimes that I'm about to go through. That's what happened. The end. <laughs> That's what happened. The end. <laughs> the end. Like none of these murders happen. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So Carla Homolka is a fucking bitch. She was born on May fourth, nineteen seventy, to Dorothy and Carol Homolka in Port Credit, Ontario. She was the oldest of three, and she was known to be pretty smart and popular. Everyone who met her just instantly loved her. She just had one of those personalities. You just met her and you just fucking adored her. If you look Uh up a picture of her, she looks like Barbie. Blonde hair, blue eyes, tan, beautiful, non-threatening. The whole package. Now, her childhood was not as bad as Paul's, but it still wasn't perfect. Um, Her dad just had this, you could say, unhealthy love and obsession um, for her. Uh, He just loved her and adored her just more than life itself. But then he started drinking, and when he would drink, he would insult her. He would, you know, abuse her sisters, her mother. Um, She would often hide in the basement when he would drink just to avoid the abuse. But when he was sober, he was, like, the best dad in the world. So she was having this really difficult relationship with her dad where, you know, 70% of the time, he just had this almost inappropriate love for her. Like, I don't think he ever molested her or anything like that, but it was definitely, like, a little inappropriate (laughs) the love for her Um, but then he'd start drinking and it'd be like a whole flip switch and so she was starting to crave this affection from her dad because she wasn't getting it all the time um at that point her dad started a relationship with another woman and her mom who was getting abused throughout this entire relationship in front of carla decided that the dad and the third woman the mistress should be a thruple so that started for, for Carla, that started becoming like a very interesting change for her sexually because she started viewing relationships in a different light than most like normal young adults and like teenagers would look at. Not saying that thruples are wrong or bad because they're not. Like if you're in a thruple and it's totally consensual, that's awesome. But, well, this but thru- especially like in the 70s where if she would ever like – or I guess 80s. Yeah. Where if she would ever like reach out to somebody, they'd be like, what? Yeah. And then also, yeah. like, her dad's so abusive. Like, it wasn't really a consensual thruple. It was more like the mom had to be in the thruple. And then oh. Carla saw her dad, you know, like, sexually abuse and emotionally abuse two women, two, like, adult women. So it, it was just a really difficult time for Carla, obviously, because of what she was enduring. And also yeah. from this, because her dad was now giving attention to two women, her dad was no longer giving her as much attention as he used to, which became really difficult for her because suddenly her daddy, she was daddy's girl, he was paying attention to other girls that called him daddy inappropriately. Yay. So as she became a teenager, yeah. she started acting out for attention, obviously. Um, she was basically doing anything possible to make her dad pay attention to her again. 
Um, and then slowly she started developing these really sadistic sexual fantasies. And no oh, sexual encounter of hers would bring her pleasure that she craved. Like nothing would really do it for her. And all of her intense sexual desires and her need for attention was kept secret from her friends and family. So no one on the outside had any, any idea that this beautiful young woman with her entire life ahead of her was getting into some real freaky shit. No one knew. And all of this stems from her really intense daddy issues that she has. But no one suspected a fucking thing. Like, to say someone suspected her being crazy is, like, a motherfucking understatement. Because she is, like, just right now, go think of your the people you knew in high school. And I can guarantee you can think of this blonde, beautiful, popular yeah. girl. That is this girl. Like, we're talking about that girl. Now, as she became a young woman, she developed a passion for animals. And after high school, she started to work at a vet. So this now brings us to October of 1987. Carla was 17. Um, she was attending a pet convention in Toronto, and that's when she met 23-year-old Paul Bernardo. As I said, Paul was an attractive, charismatic blonde at the per- with a persuasive personality, and so was Carla. And the two were just instantly attracted to each other. Just It was like they are magnets. It was a, a very intense connection they immediately had, and the two pretty much left the convention and went and had mind-blowingly crazy awesome sex with each other because finally they both realized that they satisfied each other's sexual appetite it was like awakening for both of us that they kind of met their match paul quickly took the role of an of enslaver and carla willingly became enslaved to him Um, paul decided how she would dress how she would eat or what she would eat when she would drink what she would watch on tv what she would believe what news she would read Everything. He dictated every single aspect of her life. I mean, like, like choke me and throw me against the wall. But, like, the second you're like, don't wear that, I'm like, fuck off. But she was craving that, though, because she was so fucked up from her dad. Like, she was craving a male to, like, take control of her life and give her the attention when she needs it, but also, like, punish her. Like, she was just craving it. I guess to each their own. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, He often called her fan ugly. So, like, while he was telling her what to do, he would degrade her just to get more control over her. I mean, that's um, not cool. But unlike... His, <laughs> I mean, unless you like it. <laughs> unless you like it, because this is a kink. And we have to remember this is a else. kink. And that's the thing. We're like... Where this is going. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. Like, if I just stopped right now, <laughs> this would be a great story of two people who finally found someone that loved their kinks. But the problem is they are not a healthy match. They really did not satisfy each other's kinks because they just played off of each other and just escalated to the point where it got out of control very quickly. Unlike his previous girlfriends, Carla loved every single motherfucking second of being controlled by him. She loved it. She just fucking loved being his slave. Um, And the big issue for him, though, was that Carla was not a virgin when they met. And that was... Yeah. <laughs> what he the has fuck? like literally almost everything that his weird desires could want, except for that. Except she's not a virgin. And so at the beginning of the relationship, like what this was a problem, dick. but they decided to get through it together. But later, this become a really huge issue that Paul would not be able to get past. And we're going to put a pin in that. Remember that for later. Moving on. Paul decided to tell Carla that he, surprise, is the uh, serial rapist in Scarborough. Um, and she fucking loved it. She was like, oh, my Scar God, Joe? that's you. She's like, I can't even. <laughs> he is. the. Ra- I can't even make that joke. <laughs> when you said that, all I heard was either ScarJo or Woodsboro. <laughs> it's Scarborough. ScarJo, Woodsboro. Tomato, tomato. 
but he told her that he was the rapist that everyone was talking about and she was like oh my god i fucking love it do it some more and so he did so in december of 1987 paul with the approval of carl raped two more women by this what? time, the rapes were starting to be connected, and so that's when the media started calling him the Scarborough Rapist. Now, over the next few years, and we're going to go through them year by year, um, now the two just encouraged each other's psychotic behavior and the sexual violence intens- intensified. Carla would even get involved with the assaults, and she often would find the girls for Paul, um, and the two would videotape the majority of assaults so they could continuously get pleasure from it. But on the outside, the entire time, they looked like Barbie and Ken. No one suspected a thing. So let's go through these assaults year by year. So let's first start with 1988. So on April 18th, they attacked a 17-year-old victim. On May 25th of 1988, Paul was almost caught by a uniformed Metro Toronto investigator. He was stalking out a bus shelter. Um, Although the investigator noticed Paul hiding under a tree and pursued him on foot, Paul ended up escaping. Um, This didn't scare Paul for long because on May 30th, just five days later, he raped an 18-year-old girl. On October 4th, um, they attempted a rape of an unnamed victim. They stabbed her twice in the thigh and the butt, and they attempted a rape, but she was able to flee after she fought back. On November 16th, they raped 18-year-old victim. On November 17th, and the Metro Police Force formed a task force to capture the Scarborough rapist. And on December 27th, they attempted the rape of an unnamed victim, but the victim fled or was able to fight him off. And then Paul was able to flee. Uh, it, yeah, that's all I had to say. I wrote like that entire sentence like three different ways over and over again. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine when I was writing this. I was fine. So now let's move on to 1989. So June 20th, which is a pretty big gap from his last attempted rape back in December 27th all the way to June. That's a pretty significant gap, especially if you look at 1988, how it's like a couple weeks, like every single month, there's pretty much a rape or an attempted rape. But from 88 to 89, there was a really big gap. So on June 20th, he attempted the rape of an unnamed victim. On August 15th, he raped a 22-year-old. Um, on November 21st, he raped a 15-year-old, and on, on December 22nd, he raped a 19-year-old. So now at this Hi. point, we have, I mean, I just went through over a dozen victims that were either raped or were attempted to be raped. Um, and that's not even including the 1987 stuff that I already talked about earlier. So now we're getting into 1990. So on May 26, 1990, he raped a 19-year-old victim. Now, this 19-year-old victim was different because she was she had a vivid memory of what her attacker looked like. And so she described every single detail to the police of what this fucker looked like. And they were able to, to do a sketch of this dude. And they released it. Um, two days later, after they released it, um, they the tips just started flooding into them. And so from the time the Scarborough Rapist Task Force was created in 87 to May of 1990, police had hundreds and hundreds of tips and DNA samples of potential suspects. And then in May, the police submitted more than 130 suspects samples for DNA testing. A few weeks after they sent the DNA, they received two tips based off of the sketch that was released about Paul. The first was in June. This was filed by one of Paul's coworkers. The second was from a girl named Tina Smirnies. <laughs> I have no idea how to say her last name. S M I R N I S. Smirnies? I think it's Smirnoff. Sure, but it's girl. Smirnies. <laughs> Tina Smirnies. Did she die? No. 
Okay, we can laugh. We can laugh. <laughs> but not, that has not stopped you before, Corey. <laughs> Cut to, you're like, go Carla, right before I was like, Ugh. Dang it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a trend, Corey. Every time I like talk about someone, you're like, yes. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I'm interested or want to make a comment, it's, it's always the wrong comment. <laughs> I know. My segment's just always so sad. So Tina Smirniz, Smirnoff, she was the wife of one of Paul's best friends. She okay. saw the sketch of the rapist, and she's like, that fucker looks exactly like Paul. Because he does. Like, if you look up the, <laughs> the sketch, you're like, it's motherfucking Paul Bernardo. She's like, y'all, that's fucking Paul. Right? <laughs> and what's crazier, and I didn't mention this earlier. I meant to, but I'm a little tipsy, so I forgot. Um, back in December of 1987, Paul was already called in. Um, during like the original Scarborough rapist case as like a potential lead or suspect. But Whoa. he was never interviewed. Like they just never got around to it. Like they called him in, but they just didn't bother to actually interview him. So Tina knew that. So she knew that he was interviewed or he was supposed to be interviewed previously about the Scarborough rapist case. And then they released his sketch, which is so obviously Paul. So she called the cops and she was like, hey, just so that you know, like, I know this dude. He looks exactly like the sketch. He was supposed to be called in. He was never talked to. And he casually talks about his incredibly rough and violent sex, like, all the time. Specifically, what? anal sex. I guess he just bragged about it. Like, while he's having beers with his friends, he talked about... When they know that these girls have been raped yeah. in the butt. Yes. And so she was like, hey, like, I have all these things that point to Paul. So, like, look up Paul. But there was a problem with this call because Tina, one, was a woman, so she lost by default. No one's going to respect her. It's like the oh 80s. She lost. Two, she was really uncomfortable on the phone call because, one, she was calling about her husband's best friend. And the the uh, the conversation is really hard to have to be like, I think my friend's a rapist. And then she had to go through in details about his uh, forceful anal sex that he always talks about. She was really uncomfortable. She was really awkward on the phone. Um, so police didn't take her seriously because she's a woman and she was awkward. So, but you know, they were like, we'll just give this woman a chance, whatever. We'll just bring in Paul for an interview. Who cares? So Paul came in for questioning on November 20th, 1990. And when he, when they asked why he thought he was called in, he said, it's because he looked exactly like the Scarborough rapist. And they're like, yeah, you do. He's like, isn't that funny? They're like, it's so fucking funny. And he was like, hey, I'll give you a... They're like, some- yeah, bro, boys will be boys, bro. Yeah, they're like fist bump, like fist fucking, fist pumping each other. <laughs> fist fucking each other. <laughs> you know, as bros do. As straight bros do. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're just fist fucking and... Uh, <laughs> and Paul, mid fist fuck, what was like... If? <laughs> I know in a different reality that I just created by that sentence this dude f- totally fist fucks some, some investigators <laughs> what if my New York exp- oh my experience God. was <laughs> only with like straight men oh it might have been right now they're like listening to the podcast they're like how do they know <laughs> so while they had this whole in- interview fist fucking sesh um, Paul voluntarily gave investigators a sample for forensic testing and then they left because of, of this, what? of just like DNA, like it's like oh. probably like fingerprints and like semen and hair, whatever the fuck they ask for for DNA samples. So according to detectives, Paul was in quotes far more credible than Tina, who, with her awkward and strange way of speaking, what? is probably just trying to collect the reward. 
So because Paul was so nice, he was a man, he voluntarily gave DNA, and, you know, they fist-fucked, they just let him fucking go. They just let him walk out. Mainly because they just didn't believe Tina, because she's a woman and she was uncomfortable on the phone. So they completely discredited her. Um, and it's unbelievable that they did that, and it just makes me so fucking angry. Oh, my. And you know what? And if I want to, like... Sorry, if, go. If they believed Tina, they would have saved a dozen more victims if they just believed her if they just gave her five seconds of an ounce of respect that she that she should have had if they just gave her anything this this podcast would not have happened so it was segment would not have happened imagine i just want to like rick and morty like ourselves to like the alternative universe where from the 1940s 50s on like half the police force were gay men or women and of color right like imagine that world (laughs) it's a beautiful world that i wish we lived in like what the fuck like holy shit are you kidding me yeah it's infuriating and just wait you're about to get more angry because now we are going to talk about december of 1990 so at this point paul and carla were dating for three years three beautiful years of sexually assaulting people together how beautiful i'm a little fetus yeah, you're a little fetus. Oh, Corey. Aww. You had no idea about this world <laughs> that you're being born into. You're like, Ew. yes. I'm getting like, those embryo baths that's just yeah. like playing share, making me yeah. gay. You're like death like, dropping. Yeah. These <laughs> little your... hormone baths that are like making me fucking queer as fuck. You're, you're like, I'm fucking gay. <laughs> yeah, Surprise, bitch. Mormon parents. I'm fucking gay. <laughs> God's like, but you're Mormon. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, God damn it, these earth trials. Ah. <laughs> so- <laughs> these earth trials. <laughs> so while Corey was the fetus, uh, Paul and Carla were not fetuses. They spent three years together sexually assaulting people and committing these horrible, horrific crimes. Um, and they're happy. They're going to live, you know, they're happily ever after torturing and assaulting women. How romantic. Romance of the year. Um, so this is when Paul decided to propose to Carla because he knew he met his forever. He proposed. She said yes. And she described to her friend how, in quotes, Paul and I are happier than ever. He's being so great, so romantic. But that's typical of my honey. What psychopaths? But the truth about their relationship is they're three years deep and Paul was starting to get bored. And he started getting or really... Sociopaths frustrated and angry that she was not a virgin when they met and this started becoming a really huge issue i mean a huge issue he needed her to solve it he told her like if you can't figure out a way to make me take your virginity we're fucking done i'll kill you so this is when carla started thinking she's like how do i make my psychopath boyfriend think that he's taking my virginity and then a horrible sadistic light bulb went off in her head she had this idea to give her 15-year-old sister Tammy's virginity to Paul for Christmas. If he couldn't take Carla's virginity, he could take her sister's because it was as if he was taking her virginity. They're pretty much the same. So on December 23rd of 1990, it was the Homolka's annual Christmas party. Everyone was there having a grand old time, drinking eggnog, singing Christmas songs, you know, Santa was there, the whole fucking thing. You know, just think of a classic, like, middle-class fancy Christmas party. That's what's going down. Paula and Christmas Carla. Halloween. Yeah, Paul and Carla were there. 
um, with the whole family. They're just having a grand old Christmassy time. Um, and remember, like, no one suspected a thing because Paul and Carlo were completely normal on the outside, but really they're freaky as fuck. So as the family went to sleep, Carla asked Tammy to stay up and have one last drink with her. And Tammy said yes, obviously, because it's her sister. Why wouldn't you say yes if your sister wanted to have a drink before they went to bed on, like, the night before Christmas Eve? But what Tammy didn't realize or know was that her drink was spiked with an animal tranquilizer. <laughs> Carla got the animal tranquilizer from her vet that she worked at. So once Tammy passed out, uh, Carla and Paul took her upstairs to a bedroom. They tied her up. They undressed her, and they turned on a video camera. Then Carla held a halothane-soaked cloth over her sister's mouth while Paul raped her. And then they took turns raping her and assaulting her for hours and hours until Tammy began to vomit, and she stopped breathing. The couple panicked. So Carla started cleaning up the evidence while Paul tried reviving her, but nothing was working. He couldn't revive her. So after failing to revive her, the couple decided to finish up cleaning. They redressed her. They grabbed their video camera, and then they called 911. Tammy never woke up, and she was pronounced dead at the hospital. Now, although there was a mysterious chemical burn on her face, and if you look up a picture of Tammy, um, you can see this chemical burn on her face, which is crazy that no one even blinked twice at that. Um, so even though there's this insane burn all over her face and mouth, they didn't really note it. It was like a no big deal. Um, and the drugs that were given to her were not detected in her system. So her death was ruled an accident as the result of choking on vomit from alcohol poisoning. What? They never even looked into it. Why they also this didn't is, check to see if she's raped or anything is, is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. This is yeah. like fucking 1974. Yeah, this is 19 motherfucking 90, and they just ruled it as an accident, and they they completely disregarded the chemical burn. They never checked for rape, nothing. It was just a complete fucking accident, even though she's a 17-year-old who has a giant burn over her mouth and, like, lower half of her face, but whatever. At the funeral, Paul was caught stroking Tammy's hair as she laid in an open casket. And then later, three years later, in, like, 1993... Um, someone exhumed the body, and they revealed that the couple had placed photos of themselves in the oh, casket so they could be with Tammy no, forever. No. Yeah. I know. So after this, t- uh, Carla and Paul moved in with each other, and they would often reenact the rape of Tammy or have sex while watching the video. Carla would even wear her sister's clothes to reinforce this fantasy. So the excitement felt from this murder was the most intense pleasure that Paul has ever felt. So he knew it was time to take his sexual assaults to the next level. So Carla got tasked with finding another young girl for the couple to torture and abuse. Um, Carla decided on a young, pretty teen who worked with her at the vet clinic. Carla invited Jane Doe over for dinner, and as she'd done with with Tammy, she spiked her drink. Once Mystery Girl passed out, Carla undressed her and presented her to Paul. The two turned on the video camera, covered the girl's mouth with a halothane-soaked rag, and then took turns raping her exactly like what they did to Tammy. But unlike Tammy, this teenager survived. She ended up waking up the next morning, and she was so, so fucking sick and so sore that she had no recollection of the assault whatsoever, and the couple let her go. She just had no idea. They just said, you got really drunk last night and passed out. Nothing, not even a clue that she was raped. Multiple times, dozens of times on camera. So now this brings us to 1991, January 12th. Happy birthday, Grandma. But also not. But, you know, January 12th is her birthday. 
Happy birthday, Grams. Cute. Um, this is when Paul um, abducted and raped a girl he nicknamed January Girl. She's just like anonymous girl. I don't know her age. Um, and then on April 6th, he raped a 14-year-old girl. Um, and now this brings us to June of 1991. So even though throughout 1991, Paul was continuously assaulting women, Paul and both Carla, he could not get Tammy's murder out of his head. And he could not feel that pleasure again from that murder. And he knew that he needed to to get that pleasure again because nothing else was working. So on June 15th in 1991, Paul was on the hunt. He was on the hunt for a new playmate. He was on the hunt for someone to give him that pleasure. And that's when he drove by 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey's. She was standing outside of her home as a punishment for missing curfew. She was standing there in her backyard trying to get into her house. Her parents wouldn't let her in because she was a couple minutes late. And this fucker spotted her. He circled back and he stopped in front of her house and he called her over. She started walking towards the car and he asked her if she needed to, if she needed a ride anywhere. She was hesitant. She was like, I don't really need a ride. He was like, well, you know, you, you're locked out of your house for the night. Like, at least let me get you something to eat. So he got out of the car, started walking towards her. And she was like, uh, okay. Because she was immediately, like, this was a beautiful man <laughs> stepping out of the car to try to help her. Like, let's get you something to eat. You're, you know, he just made her feel comfortable. So she yeah. started walking towards the car with him. And as soon as they walked towards or were close enough to the passenger side, he just threw her into the car. He mm. he uh, buckled her in, jumped into his driver's side, locked the doors, blindfolded her, and then just sped off to Carla because Carla was waiting for him. Over the course of several days, Paul and Carla repeatedly raped Leslie. They videotaped all of the violent assaults, dozens and dozens and dozens of assaults. Um, and they eventually strangled Leslie and they kept the body in the basement while they dined with Carla's family upstairs. What the fuck? And then later they dismembered her and then threw the remains over. Then they encased the, some of the remains in, in concrete and just threw everything into Lake Gibson. Her remains were found by a couple on June 29th of 1991, which is just like a week, week and a half later, which is really it's a coincidence because June 29th, 1991 was also Paul and Carla's wedding day. So Paul and Carla had an extravagant wedding. The couple arrived on a white horse drawn carriage. They spent the whole day celebrating their love with hundreds of their friends and families. During their vows, Paul refused to be called husband and wife, instead um, selecting man and wife to assert his dominance with Kayla or sorry, with Carla. Um, Carla also had to say that she would love, honor and obey him. Like, there were a couple freaky notes, but overall, like, their wedding just seemed like the 1990 dream wedding. While that wedding was happening, investigators were called to the lake because the the dismembered body of um, Leslie Mahaffey was found. So, Paul and Carla, after their wedding, they took off to their honeymoon, and then after their honeymoon, they went back to the regular life of assaulting women. So, now this brings us to August of 1991. Jane Doe, the girl from a few assaults ago that I talked about who got away, she was invited over again. And just like last time, they drugged her, they raped her for hours, but she survived and they left her or, and they let her leave. And she, again, she had no recollection of the assault. So now she's been to their house twice, has been raped by them dozens and dozens of times, just has no fucking idea that anything ever even happened. She thought these people were her friends. She had no idea. 
And now this brings us to 1992. So March 29th, 1992. Happy late birthday, Corey. Thanks. Um, Paul stalked and videotaped two unnamed sisters, but he did not rape them. And then in Mar- and then April of 1992, Paul was getting a little restless. He needed more blood because at this point, it's been a, it's been a couple months since he killed somebody. It's been a couple months since he was able to feel that ultimate form of control and pleasure. So on April 16th, 1992, Paul and Carla were looking for another playmate, looking for another person to give them that that satisfaction and pleasure that they craved from murder. And that's when they spotted 15-year-old Kristen French, who is walking out of church. There were hundreds of witnesses. It was like a really fucking big church. And there, all these people saw Kristen French get into the car of Carla and Paul. So many people saw them. It's like ridiculous. They, they, they would even like try to get someone in the middle of the day who was leaving church. But she left. She left with them. Um, the couple, they took her home, and for several days, they videotaped as they humiliated, tortured, and sexually abused Kristen. Kristen fought to survive, um, but just before Carla's family came over for Easter Sunday dinner, they killed her. They killed her, they dumped her body in the basement, and then a few hours later, Carla's family came over, and they had a beautiful Easter dinner as there was a body you know, 10 feet below them. They later washed her body, cut her hair, and then threw her corpse into the dumpster, learning from their dump the body in the lake mistakes because they thought that she wouldn't be found. But she was found. Her body was found two weeks later. So after her disappearance and her body was found, investigators started questioning people. What was the last known whereabouts of Kristen? And that's when all these people came forward and they're like, she was at church and we saw her get into the car of Paul and Carla. They were the last people seen with her. So Paul was brought in. He was interviewed by two police officers. This is about a month after the murder. But they considered him an unlikely suspect, even after he admitted that he has been interviewed multiple times about the Scarborough rapes. They're like, whatever. He just seems like such a nice guy. There's no way he's capable of raping, even though he and Carla are the last two people to be seen with this girl, even though he has already been interviewed to be the Scarborough rapist, even though he matches the description of the Scarborough rapist. He's just such a nice looking guy he's just such a he's boys will be boys he's fine he's not the rapist Jesus. <sighs> months passed without another assault months went by but paul's rage and that bloodlust was growing so he was just taking out all of his frustration on carla he was beating her and sexually assaulting her every opportunity that he had and each attack was getting more vicious and more intense and then on December 27th in 1992, he beat Carla with a flashlight so intensely that she could barely move afterwards. Like, she just couldn't fucking do it. Like, she was pretty much almost beaten to death. But still, she went to work a few days later. So she showed up to work, could barely move, completely black and blue from the you know, tip of her head to her toes. And her coworkers were obviously fucking shooketh at the scene because someone rolls yeah. up to work and they're, like, obviously beaten. You are going to be concerned. So they called Carla's parents. Carla's parents freaked the fuck out and they forced her to go to the hospital. And so Carla knew on the way to the hospital, okay, they're going to know that he beats me. And then if they start looking into shit, they might pin me to his crimes. She's like, I need to think smart. I need to be smart about this. So this is when she started playing the battered spouse role. So she rolled to the hospital and she was like, oh God, he beats me so hard. Like, Look what I go through. Look what he does to me. And she just started really playing into this victim role, even though, she she was a victim in terms of him beating her, but she was 
playing more into the victim card to save herself because she knew that he was probably going to be caught really soon. And during this time, and this is by sheer coincidence, the samples, those DNA samples that Paul gave the police two years earlier when he was called in because his uh, best friend's wife called about him being the Scarborough rapist, he gave the police uh, DNA samples at that time. They were actually tested at the exact same time that Carlo went to the hospital for the abuse that she was enduring, um, and they were able to positively identify Paul as the Scarborough rapist. It took them two years to run his DNA sample. Two fucking years. Whoa. And when they did, it was immediate. Yeah, this dude's 100% without a doubt the Scarborough rapist. So Carla, who just heard about her husband being identified as the Scarborough rapist, knew, okay, this is my motherfucking time to play on the actor role and to really become a victim so I don't get put in prison because she knew that if they found out how involved she was with the crimes, she was going to be put away for life. So she went ahead and she decided to confess to the cops before they came to her. And basically she twisted the entire thing. She basically told the cops that she um, was forced into doing these like horrible sexual assaults with Paul. She never wanted to do it. He's a monster. He always threatened to kill her, blah, blah, blah. Like she really just fucking played them. Um, And she then started beginning. She then began negotiations for a plea bargain in exchange for testimony against Paul. So then in mid-February, Paul was arrested and charged with the rapes and murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. Um, and then during search of the couple's home, police discovered Paul's diary. Um, and that diary had written very graphic descriptions of every single crime that he has committed. Sorry, that's Jordan sneezing in the background. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Carla, she was still, you know, really playing the whole he forced me to do this card. Um, and it fucking worked. That plea bargain that she was trying so hard to get. They offered it to her. They pretty much told her, yeah, in exchange of a testimony against Paul, you'll be given a 12-year sentence for participation in the crimes. Um, And after about three years, you'd be eligible for parole. So she agreed to those terms, and the deal was set. Right after everything was set in stone, more evidence came in. And police investigators, they found the videotapes. And on those videotapes, so many videotapes, was Carla... (laughs) participating in the assault so you can't get parole (laughs) yeah but it was already set in stone and it was done are you kidding me and they couldn't retry her for her crimes so even though she was guilty as fuck and they caught her on motherfucking tape participating in these assaults and you know (laughs) and being 100 percent involved with these rapes and murders um it was already done she could not be retried that's horrible But Paul, he was convicted um, on all counts of rape and murder, and he received a life sentence without parole for 25 years on September 1st, 1995. Um, It's unlikely he'll get parole because of his official status as, in quotes, a dangerous offender. Carla was released from prison in 2005. Um, She moved to the French Caribbean island of Guadalupe in an attempt to avoid media. How did Um, she she have fucking money to do that? Who the fuck knows? Uh, but she remarried um, and she had three kids. The family later returned to co- to Canada and she currently lives in Montreal. And that is the story of the Barbie and Ken killers. Wait, wait. How do you or I... How are... <laughs> I know. How does she find some dude in, a French, in the French Isles in the Mediterranean to marry? I know. <laughs> And then she has three kids. 
Bigger question. Okay. How did this bitch get out of jail in 2005 after everything she's done? She fucking gave Fuck her, her sister as a present her. to her psychopath husband. She raped and murdered her 15-year-old she sister. Die. She raped and murdered two other girls. She raped dozens of other girls. And she just fucking Horrible. played the investigators. She, Because she knew. She was like, I'm going to get fucked if they ever find the videotape. So she made sure to get the police set in stone before any other evidence came out. Which is wild to me that they would even do that before all the, all the evidence came out. But whatever. And again, like this is just a classic case of like the justice system failing people. Yeah. Um, but it's insane. It's fucking insane that she's currently current mood in Canada, living it up with her husband and her three kids. And oh my God. Paul could be she up for parole children? like any day. Yeah, she had three kids. It's crazy. Oh and yeah, and Paul could be up for parole any day. Yay. Anyways, how's your sex life? Fuck. Those those children are like <laughs> I know. They're like maybe your age. The she got out in two thousand five and then had the kids. Oh. So they would be at least ten years younger than me. They're my brother's age. Oh yeah. my god. So yeah. Isn't Little that crazy younger. though? Like that's what your mom is, like to find out that's who your mom I oh, oh my god. Oh my god. That's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. She's evil. Great. He's evil. I, but because your sex like, life's great. Yeah, nothing like super crazy, um or interesting. Just the same as before, like watching horror movies, working, working out. Yes. Nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, I'll have some fun stuff to talk about. I mean, in a couple weeks after Halloween, when I come visit you. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited to but see you. Oh my this god. This weekend, I'm not doing much else either. That's gonna be super crazy. I mean, I'll ha- I'll have fun like being Halloweeny and watching horror movies and stuff, but yeah, nothing super fun. Yeah, pretty much same boat, same old, same old as always. Yeah. Just prepping for like, Halloween. Not, not a bad life, but like not a super very neutral. Yeah, yeah, just like a f- nice neutral COVID. How, but yet Halloweeny. It got yes. super fall like two days ago. It got it got super cold two nights ago. Oh, so I'm jealous. Two days ago, it was like a hundred percent fall. Oh, like, that's so fun. I would say like a third of all the leaves that are gonna fall fell two days ago oh fun and I, so i just took so i just got off work and n- noticed it on my drive home so i just took lucky for like an hour and a half walk and just Cute. walked in like dusk fall heaven it was i awesome. love it oh my god that sounds that like my dream awesome no yeah there's like there's a, and it's really it's really pretty here there's like you know all the colors that you'll get up in the mountains like yeah. all the yellows and oranges and reds you get that here, but like they planted trees all over suburbia, so you get that just walking around. It's that really looks nice. So pretty. It, yeah. it, it's very it like it, I mean it's not as good, but it rivals like the easter the east coast. Oh, like, that's it, so cool. It really weirdly does. It's really pretty. It's really pretty to walk around here. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Fuck, yeah. I have not really been outside. I've been watching True Blood. I have. I've watched two and a half seasons of True Blood in three days, so that's where I'm at emotionally. Um, I it's been really fun because I I watched True Blood with my mom as it came out. So like when I was like a child, I watched it because my mom did not shelter me or shield me from any adult shows like at all. She's like, like here's gay vampire sex. You're like yeah, okay. literally. I was like this is interesting as I played like my Bratz dolls. 
Like, I grew up watching, like, Reno 911, Viva La Bam, True Blood, like, all that type of stuff. Reno 911. That was, like, that should probably explain my humor or those type of shows. But um, what's been so interesting for me is, so I've seen a lot of True Blood. I think I watched, like, maybe the first two or three seasons with my mom. So I, I have these memories as a kid watching, like, True Blood from a child's perspective, and it's a completely different show that's than what I thought yeah, it was. Because she really did a good job of distracting me during the sex scenes. Like, I knew sex was going on, but I was yeah. really distracted, so I didn't really think that was, like, the primary focus of the show. But now <laughs> since I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I'm that's watching like porn. <laughs> the motivation for every character. Yeah, period. it's just fucking sex. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm pretty much been watching vampire porn for three days, and it's been fucking nice. amazing. But it's so fun. I texted my mom two days ago. I was like, so I'm rewatching True Blood. And she died. She was like, didn't he have such a great childhood? And I was like, I did. Thanks, mom. <laughs> that's super fun. <laughs> it's super fun. But yeah, that's pretty much my life is True Blood and prepping for Halloween right now. Casey, my first boyfriend, was super into that show. It's such a terrible show. It's just like hilariously it's, bad yeah. and amazing at the same time. It's yeah. really, it's, yeah, it's. Like there are some that, scenes. That's pretty much the consensus I get when I hear people talk about it on podcasts and stuff. They say exactly what you said. Yeah, it's it's terrible but fucking amazing. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's a lot of scenes where I'm like laughing hysterically. I'm like, I don't think this was supposed to be funny, but this is like the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like it's oh so good. Yes. Yeah, it's a good one. So yeah, I started watching that as like a fun little Halloween show for me to watch. It was all like vampires and spooky and whatnot yeah, i just watched literally one horror movie a day and then i'm watching i'm watching the haunting of blind manor i started it is it good it is good but so far it is not you know every five like every minute to minute it's not as good as the haunting a hill house oh yeah but i've heard that it you have to like you have to finish it all and i've heard that it's a lot of build up and then like the last few episodes is where it all sort of goes down that's Whereas cool. the Haunting a Hill House, there's, it's sort of like there's like two or three big episodes that where it all goes down, you know? Yeah. So there's like spaces. And so I, I, I really won't, don't want to say much until I see it all. I Yay. like it and I'm super excited for fucking Oliver Jackson Cohen to show up because he's like the hot dude, the the trouble, you know, and, and yeah. the, the uh, heroin guy. I don't know. He's just so fucking hot to me. I'm yes. Just like, I just, it, he could do anything he wanted to me. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll be right back. It. You're like, we won't go into it. We just, you're like, he's so fucking hot. He's just so troubled hot to me. So Nothing fucking... beats a troubled hot guy. See, I'm experiencing yeah. it too. My vampire porn. It's the same fucking way. Right. Troubled yeah. and hot. So we're mm. just like, Chen and I are just both spooked out and at the same time extremely turned on. It's yeah. Great. Happy Halloween. Classic <laughs> Happy Halloween. Halloween. Like, what else is Halloween if yeah. not being spooked and turned on? Yeah. It's not a horny <laughs> with Halloween. Leaves. What's with the leaves point? falling around. <laughs> with leaves and pumpkin bread, you bastards. Yeah, with leaves and fucking pumpkin spice. Like, what else is Halloween? <laughs> uh, nothing else is Halloween. Well, on yeah, that uh, note. Literally. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Anyways. How's your sex life? Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye. Bye.